This is CliffCentral.com. Hello there. Welcome to Opinion Booth with myself, Sonia Booth. One in four doctors have had suicidal thoughts. One in five doctors diagnosed with or treated for depression. One in 50 doctors have attempted suicide. Now, I think what is being called, well, a call of action is for either medical personnel or the public at large to wear odd socks on June the 1st to remember those who have died, to raise awareness of mental health and to reshape health culture. My guest today is a qualified medical doctor, but more importantly, a gynae in training. Tsiamo, Dr. Nax Nakanyani. Hey. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. It's a pleasure. I must say those stats are surprising <coughs> and shocking. Is it the workload, the long hours? You know, I actually uh, saw that, I think just yesterday, uh, on my timeline on Twitter and I retweeted it. Um, I am not aware at all of the stats, but I know that um, the job is quite highly demanding. Um, it's it's emotionally, physically demanding, and the the one way to survive is to have a good support structure. Um, but sometimes a lot of us don't have that. And sometimes the job itself pulls you away from your support structure. And I think that's, that's what contributes the most to the, to the high rate of, of these mental conditions amongst uh, colleagues. Cause I mean, I saw a, 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 what do you call it? Um, an investigative journalism show whereby some of the doctors <coughs> would be on call. One shift would be more than 24 hours. Surely that's humanly impossible. Oh, um, it is humanly possible because once you do it, you can do it. Um, but it gets hard and it, it, uh, for me personally, it gets harder as you go. Um, the first time I ever did a call that lasted beyond 24 hours, I was a student. Um, I was, I think I was, I was in my third year in university. Um, and it was hard. Um, I did quite a few, um, as I went by also. And I think by the end of my studies, I was sort of used to it. Um, I had become accustomed to staying 24 hours up without sleep. And um, as an intern, I remember uh, working with other this other uh, registrar who was just tired and it was only midnight. And he was like, you know what, this 24-hour thing needs to end. And I felt... I remember that time I felt, you know what, no man, uh, we just need to be stronger. And I continued um, on that tone. And for the longest time, I've been able to like just carry on throughout the night for 24 hours. And sometimes it's 24 hours. Actually, most of the time it's 24 hours and beyond. Um, you get some of us staying in for a total of 30 hours. Um, I've, I have at some point started work at... I think six in the morning, um, and went home at 5 p.m. the following day. Um, I was still an intern, quite strong and <laughs> resilient at the time. But yeah, um, we get used to it. Uh, but sometimes it does, I think it, at some point it will, it does take a toll. And many of us, 
um, wish to for it to to come to an end. Um, many other departments don't do 24-hour calls anymore because um, it's considered unsafe beyond certain number of hours. Uh, anesthetists uh, don't hardly ever do 24-hour calls, depending on where they are. Um, and I think it's also related to the demand of a call also because some, some specialists, uh, they do their calls at home, so they don't have to be physically at work. Uh, so those ones, they'll still continue doing 24-hour calls. But the... The, the the ones that are still quite resistant to this, and it's mostly due to 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 uh, manpower and having the numbers in to to carry on the work. Um, I think the most resistant currently would be uh, obstetrics and gynae, um, and I think general surgery also. Those are the ones that I think in most instances you find that a lot of us still do twenty four hour calls and beyond. Because, I mean, for the human body and, I mean, mentally as well, uh, to be expected to perform for more than 24 hours at a particular time, sleep deprivation, you become irritable. Surely the you, you cannot be performing at your optimum level. No. <laughs> um, we don't, but I survive on naps. We all do. At some point, you need to take that 30 minute nap or that one hour nap sometimes you you can't afford to 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 take it at all that has happened a few times but there are times where you have to you know just sit down recuperate and whatever it's you're still not at your maximal but if you look at the stats if you look at uh our government system our uh uh yeah basically doctors in government the numbers of doctors needed to treat the people in our community is a lot, lot smaller than what we have. And the thing is, it's, it's, it's us pushing in and putting in the work, uh, for the sake of the greater good. I'm glad you mentioned that because when I was researching for the show yesterday, I came upon a statistic in 2013. Which stated that 25 state doctors and 92 private sector doctors per 100,000 people in South Africa. That, that's a recipe for disaster. I'm actually surprised that we're still going on with these numbers. Um, but I, I can assure you, um, some places suffer. Some people suffer a lot more than, than, than others. And that's generally because in some places you've got much bigger numbers of patients coming in, uh, compared to the doctors that need to come in. And that is, that is the, 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 the greatest difficulty that we have. And, um, some, sometimes we, I mean, even I sometimes sit and think, how long can I still push on like this? And, um, I wonder if I, I'll continue until I need to or whatever. And, uh, but for some reason, that's all that energy kick comes in at some point, especially if you need to. Um, and at times, uh, I mean, you don't just go to sleep if you've got patients who are dying. So you sort of go through and check what's happening. And if you've got, uh, and I know it, it sucks for the waiting patient, but if, if it's a relatively stable patient that, uh, you know, could probably, um, wait a little bit um, And again it, it really depends on what it is Then you know you can try and Squeeze in that 30 minute nap But if it's something that you really need to do At that time you go and push for it And um, I mean sometimes Sleep honestly 
for many of us is is a dream on call and um generally <laughs> we I, I, i'm pretty sure a lot of doctors be, uh, agree with me on this one that some of us actually carry bad luck or <laughs> in terms of the number of patients that come in on your call the some of us who actually when, well, even when the nurses see you coming in they're like oh we're gonna have a busy night it's sure it's, that's it's, interesting yeah um i never believed in this i never believed in this i as a student um and i think the beginning of my internship i never really believed in this because i thought ah man it's just superstition until i realized certain patterns and it's still superstition but uh you you kind of get that uh the certain people who get busier than others um i have a colleague who always had a certain particular complication whenever she was on call and <laughs> yeah and yeah that's that's uh that's just how it is but again when it comes to sleep i mean we still perform um i i i can't explain it how uh but we still do it and um for now i guess we are okay but um this doom that will come upon us at some point i think now tell me about this uh, crazy socks for docs can anyone partake or is it just for medical doctors or uh, medical students i'll admit i'm not very clued up on uh, on it exactly but i think but we can check I mean, online I, yeah i think everybody is welcome to participate because i mean uh, to show it support. shows support yeah exactly. it shows that you understand uh, that you know the things that these people are putting themselves through yes. i mean in in essence uh, if you're a doctor and you choose to work for government you are sacrificing a certain part of your life. I can imagine. Um, you are sacrificing a personal relationship with somebody who needs you to be there with them. Uh, you're sacrificing certain friendships. Uh, you're sacrificing your own social life. And um, to even decide to study <laughs> and work at the same time, that's also another sacrifice in itself. But uh, we do it because we, we, we have that want and need to do it. And I think that's what, uh, personally, that's what drives me. And I, I feel most doctors who, who do it from purely from because, from knowing that they, they have to or they need to, um, that's where their passion comes from and that's what drives them. Because you have to be selfless. I mean, you, you are telling me you're a guy in training and you're going to qualify in 2021. 2021. That's yes. three years. Yeah, in a few months. It's, Many years of studying. I mean, sure. How do you do it? I mean, it, it takes what you 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 were saying that you don't want to put a timeline to it. I mean, I've heard to specialize. It takes twelve years. No, um, this is after twelve years of studying. No, no, no. no. Primary school and high school. Well, okay. Primary school, high school, twelve years. Yes. And then med school. If you go straight into med school, it's six years. Yeah. Most universities, and then you get uh, five. To specialize in some, some no, some universities like, like University of the Free State. That's why I studied. It's five years. I did it longer. <laughs> so five years. This is just a medical degree. That's just a medical not, degree, not a speciality. But most, yeah, but most universities, it's actually six years. Uh huh. Yeah, and then from there on, you have two years of internship. I always say these are the two worst years of anybody's life. Who's a doctor? Um, this is a point where most, most of us. I've seen it amongst my friend. I've seen it in me um, that. Um, and I've seen it in interns that came after me that um, you that's where you start questioning whether you really want to do this or not. And uh, at the end of it, most people still want to, uh, which is which is I, I think that's the uh, better side of it. 
Um, but this is where you actually experience most of the important um, disciplines in medicine. Um, and um, there's those that you will hate. And there's others which you will love. And there's others which are just comfortable, but you still don't want to do them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but at the end of at the end of the two years, then you still have one year of community service where, sorry, um, you have to, to work at any, sorry, um, you have to work at any given uh, government hospital. Um, and at the end of that, you are now free to do as you please. With your degree. So you can either work as a general practitioner in private. Yeah. You can continue working as a medical officer. Um, it's like a general practitioner, uh, practitioner, I mean, um, in government hospitals or clinics. Um, or you can move to, towards your specialty. Um, but now getting into you to specialize, you need to get into a program, right? Um, we, we call it reg time or registrar time. So you become a registrar. You have to um, register. It has to be a, uh, it's specific hospitals which are affiliated to, to the eight or nine medical schools in South Africa. And uh, you register with those hospitals, right? And then there's certain exams that you have to write with the College of Medicine of South Africa. Um, there's primary uh, or uh, primary exams and in some disciplines intermediates and final exams um, these are all facilitated by the College of Medicine of South Africa where at the end of the exams then you are a qualified specialist in whatever you're doing uh, but you should have also done the time which is four years uh, in most uh, disciplines and within those four years you continue to study you uh, improve on your skill. You are being taught. Uh, there's regular academic meetings that you attend and stuff like that, and you're still working. Um, so you're still the tool of the hospitals. So, Shoo. Okay. Yeah. So no wonder there's very few doctors that are graduating. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I can imagine the dropout rate is is is, is quite high. Like you said. Once you once once you get um, what do you, what do you call it when you do your pr- practicals? Yeah, uh, well, your internship. A, in, 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 internship. Yeah. You you reckon the dropout rate is pretty high at that point in time? S- some people, actually, a lot of people just d- still carry it through. Um, and I found that a lot of a lot of us actually end up not liking it still beyond internship. Um, but it's something that you've invested quite a lot of your time in and money. Yes, exactly. So. It's only a few who will decide, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore, and they find something else to do. Um, others find um, a passion in something else related to medicine, which they never knew was there until they discovered it. I have yeah. a friend who's now in research, and she's she's loving it, um, and it's medical research. Uh, but I remember she really, really did not want to continue with medicine after internship. Um <sighs> And then, yeah, so there are those who just stick it through. Um, and then there are others who branch out and find something that they will love either within the, uh, within, uh, this or some just decide, you know what, um, it's a qualification I have, might as well make a living out of it. And then they continue doing what, what they do. No, oh, big ups to you for yeah. sticking it out. <laughs> so only the Chuck Norris's of, 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 the, of the medical fraternity will actually end up with the title doctor and moreover to even specialize. So now, Tiamo, that's your first name. Yes. Righteousness of God. That's your name. Yes. 
it is fine. That's the other meaning. It is okay. That's the other meaning. All things are good. That's the other meaning. Moreover, you were born on April Fool's Day. (laughs) (laughs) With a name like that, Siamo, Righteousness of God. And then he's born on April Fool's Day. I think your life is full of ironies. (laughs) I mean, some some might call it a a, a paradox of of, of some sort. I mean... Um, did you love up to your name as a kid? No, maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, maybe I should ask you. Um, I wasn't particularly a naughty child, um, but I did do some naughty things. Like you know, children will be naughty, but I wasn't a problem child per se. Um, I've always been a goody goody. <laughs> Ah, you, you look maybe like you look like a goody goody. Um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just the facade. Um, I, I don't know. I've, uh, I grew up with extremely strict parents. Um, they were both teachers. Um, and, uh, growing up, um, I mean, I grew up in a small village and everybody knew everybody. And <coughs> there was, um, growing up, there was still a primary school, middle school and high school. My mother was a principal of the middle school. Oh dear. And my father was a principal of the high school. Oh dear. And that was still back when corporal punishment was a thing. Oh my word. So everybody who would see us uh, would be like, how do you guys survive your home? Because they know they've been through both of them and they just like, you know, with such strict parents, I don't think I'd be able to do whatever. But they were strict, but lenient at the same time. It's such a confusing concept. But um, there's certain things that they tolerated. And certain things that they didn't allow And certain things that they, they allowed Right um, They were strict in the sense that they needed discipline But they did not deny us uh, Basic things to, to to make us happy And they, they're very loving parents Who basically uh, Made sure that we receive uh, That from them As parents Um and yeah, I could write a book about my parents and what they do. Well, you should. <laughs> Nothing's stopping you from doing Hopefully. that. You should. In, in, in fact, I'm putting it out in the universe that you need I to write, write a, a book. book about yeah, my exactly. Okay. So now, tell me about that moment when you decided to specialize in women's sexual and reproductive health care. Moment. Because mm-hmm. I'm very curious what was going through there was, here. There was never a moment. Um, it's something I realized at some point um, that I actually love this. And I always find it difficult to ask, to answer this question. People often ask, why, why gyne? And Do your friends call you a pervert? No. Um, some people have assumed that I'm perverted. Uh-huh. Um, but I always say, if you're a doctor and you've been through the obstetric ward, especially labor ward, you could never label a gynecologist a pervert. If you were to see the things that they've seen Any man who has been in With his wife during labor I mean I, I once met this guy Who was just like you know what um, Yeah I, I I was there when my Woman delivered And after that he just couldn't look at her The same way for like six months So it's it's nothing perverted wow. Yeah it's nothing perverted It's, it's bloody It's um, The other word which I will not use because <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 also quite straining and hard. But um, what actually made me love it 
was the whole life process of it. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing a woman coming to you first time after knowing that she's pregnant, um, going with her through her nine months of mm-hmm. her pregnancy and making sure that at the end of it, she's got a healthy, alive child. Um, unfortunately, there's some instances where, you know, complications happen and whatever, but I mean, that, that is where the passion is. That's where, that's what drives me. Um, the, the, the want and need to, See the woman happy that time when she hears her child cry the first time. Um, new life, basically, and all of that. And I realized this as a student that, you know, um, I actually love this. But funny thing, <clears throat> when I was still in high school, I would, uh, when people knew that, you know, I was interested in becoming a doctor, uh, particularly in metric, some girls would ask, so, um, when you become a doctor, what do you want to specialize in? And just for laughs, I'd be like, I want to be a gynecologist. And I only said that because they, w- they, 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 they saw that or they heard that and they thought, ah, this one is perverted and blah, blah. So I only said that for the sake of laughs, right? And as a student in the first half of my years, um, I saw some videos, um, <laughs> which I was not particularly fond of regarding gyne, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which included, uh, a, a video of a pap smear and a video of a woman giving birth. That initial, that first experience, I did not enjoy. And, um, at some point I was just like, I do not want to do this. Um, and then when, uh, later when I started, uh, when we started doing clinical rotations and I was gonna now go into the, Obstetrics and gynae rotation I was just like Dear Lord Help me through the next six weeks And I'll be happy I I just want to get through this Past the exam And you know uh, But oddly enough Even within the first week I, I, I just fell in love with, with the whole thing And uh, it was it was totally different And I don't know if it was the babies um, Or the happy mothers or what, but yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's when I actually fell in love with it. Um, odd enough, um, I, f- I, f- I failed in university and I failed my fourth year because of Ops and Kenya. That's the subject I failed, but still, uh, that did not deter me. That became the thing that I wanted. I still was like, you know, even though I failed this, this is where I'm happiest. And if there was ever doubt at the end of my studies, um, during internship, you remember I said this is the worst two years of yeah. intense life. It'll be the worst two years except for one or two rotations where you find something that you love. Uh, that's for those who will find a, de- uh, a department they love. And I was happiest during my four months in Ops and Gaini. Um That's when I was, and it was busy, it was rough, it was tough, but at the end of each day, um, I was, I was the happiest in, in, in those four months compared to, to the rest of the two years. So that's when I was like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely taking this route. So, I mean, when you look at the stats again, um, the sky high medical negligence claims, they're forcing obstetricians um, out of private practice. Yeah. Yes. So much so that um, the gynecological uh, society has warned that there won't be any left in the private sector by 2020. Yes. 
Is that, that that's a fact? Is that a fact? That's 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 what that's what being said. Um, I can't say if it's a fact or not, but that's where we're moving towards. Um, I don't know if you know how much they pay for just for legal aid. Uh, for medical insurance, yeah. for for Guyanese, Guyanese. something like three hundred thousand a month. Oh no, it's hundred thousand a month. Hundred thousand. Yeah, it's still a, a lot it's of like, money. It's a lot of money. It's like a million in in a year. Yeah. Um, you could literally buy a flat within a year. Of course. Yeah, but uh, that's what they expected to to pay just to practice, and you can't practice without that insurance. Um, there are ways that they're trying to make it less expensive and with certain plans and whatnot and whatnot. But still, it's still quite ridiculously high, especially if you were to compare it with, with what other departments are paying. And it, it's, it's, it's actually a sore topic to my heart because it stems from the lawyers who come after these gynecologists, right? Uh-huh. And I'm not saying it's okay to be negligent. I'm not saying it's okay to um to not be held accountable if a woman under your care ends up with a baby with brain damage i'm not saying that's okay right but none of us none of us go to university to study so that we can harm other people none of us uh decide you know i'm going to be an obstetrician uh just so that women can have babies with uh non-functional brains um or partially functional brains. Sorry for that. Um, but it happens. It's they are they are common um, complications, and they can't even be proven to be due to negligence. Sometimes you can do everything perfect, and the baby comes out with um, cerebral palsy, and the reason being something else unrelated, but can't be proven. And the way the law works, it's it's almost like if you can't prove that you're not wrong, then you are wrong. For for the medical fraternity, it's almost like you're guilty un- until proven otherwise. So a lot of these settlements are done outside court, obviously, because the moment the lawyers see, you know what, um, because of this and that, you know. Uh, and a lot of times it comes just down to how we make our notes, right? And most of us have horrible writing. I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, most doctors most, do. <laughs> yeah, most of us have really, really horrible writing. What do you call it? Sh- shorthand? Don't you use shorthand? No? no, no, no. Well, we do for for some things, but sometimes you just scribble. Sometimes I look at my notes and I'm like, what am I? <laughs> you know? So, you can read your own handwriting. Yeah, sometimes a, a lot of us actually find ourselves trying to read our own handwriting and you're still trying to figure out. The only thing that actually makes you make sense of what you wrote is the context. Uh-huh. So you see that, okay, that word actually <laughs> looks, oh, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> so there's that, right? And the other key point is a lot of things that happen, we don't write, okay, uh, I booked this patient for a Caesar at this time. I couldn't do the Caesar because of this and this and this. You know it's it's happening, right? But you've got 10 other patients to look, to take care of. So you can't sit there for 10 minutes to write notes about why you can't, Help this particular patient You move on to the next patient You make notes Like they're quite cryptic most of the time right? Um, And then there's this one patient Who decides they're going to sue And when he comes back They go through your notes And they're like Ish, there's something missing here Uh And they ask you And you said Well, this is what happened And you're like Yeah, well You didn't write it And because you didn't You can't prove that you did say it Right? Oh dear So that's when you basically are now held liable medically. Uh, and that's where the lawyers, that's what they, 
but that's how they are actually uh taking it that's how they're winning their cases the 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 hmm. yeah that's how they win the cases against the, the 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 medical people so when it comes to obstetrics not just obstetrics, not obstetrics but obstetrics specifically you get and the thing is the studies show that you know a lot of these babies that are born with uh, brain uh dysfunction or like uh, cerebral palsy it is not due to problems related to labor but because it can't be on a particular case on a particular case you can't say this one was because wasn't because of lack the, of the, oxygen yes whatever uh because for that particular case you can't prove it and many particular cases in in as such uh that's why they're always winning right and they they get a lot of this money and it is always extrapolated to a number of years and whatever whatever and it's millions it's in millions and um the family gets some of it but a lot of it a lot of it um the lawyers get too and it's this is obviously this is speculation i'm not <laughs> i hope they don't come up to me and say i'm <laughs> um <laughs> i'm accusing them of 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 these things but yeah um it's said that you know the whole road accident fund uh they went at it and they've depleted the funds there and because of that now they 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 found another um low hanging fruit and that's us and for us to function we have to protect ourselves from these uh lawsuits and now in private that's where you find that the 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 uh, med- uh the legal aid fees are so high and a lot of obstetricians are deciding to shut their doors and stop practicing at all because they because you have to you have to now actually push in more patients to work and now you're gonna you're gonna end up working far more than you would like to in private and end up now risking more adverse effects and that's when you end up now getting sued again just because you're trying to make up money so that you cover yourself and then you actually find yourself getting sued for things that you probably are not even responsible for. Uh-huh. So I think essentially what you're saying is that uh, that, that is that justification of the gynae cost cuz got gynae is like yeah, expensive. expensive. And if you the thing is if you look back 5 years ago um I don't really know the stats I'm just thumb sucking this but if you look about 5 6 7 years ago um a gynae appointment was a lot cheaper than it is now. What it is now, it can't even be covered by medical aid alone. A thousand five hundred uh, yeah. for like a fifteen-minute yes, consultation. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, uh, and most of that really just—it's just so that they cover the cost. I mean, how are you going to cover a hundred thousand in a month? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now, talking about medical insurance claims, I heard a story whereby a child was born holding in their hand a <laughs> contraceptive coil and the mother sued the gynae for child maintenance I you really put me on a spot on that one um, <laughs> <laughs> so contraceptions okay that that's actually one of the really highly active contraceptions I do not know the merits of that uh, case I do not know what he had done before and what not um, but none of the contraceptions that we have are a hundred percent sure proof. True. Right? Uh, there's always that zero point zero 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 something, right? 
and it'll happen with 7 billion people in the world. It will happen, right? Um, but I think it might just be that he didn't inform her. I'm assuming. Um, or he might have not done something that he should have done, like get a pregnancy test before he puts in the... Because uh-huh. she might have already been pregnant. Okay, I see. So um, there's that. Um, so I can't really comment on that. Um, uh, I would need to, you know, uh, find out his story. And I story just made that up, just, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I was able to. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to come up with some sense. I mean, to the the lawsuit part was made up, but I'm you. you you've known. I've heard I, of I stories. Up, I've up, never seen it. Yeah, I grew yeah. up hearing of stories whereby the child comes out, you know, crying, and they're holding this loop, as they call it. Yeah, we grew up. Yeah, I've heard of those stories, but it's it's always amazing when I tell a woman, you know, uh, let's try this contraception. They're like, yeah, no, um, I heard they don't work. And and honestly, loops are one of the best working, fun- uh, wo- the best contraceptions that we have. Uh, that and the implanton, um, those are the best ones we have. Um, and everything else um there's always uh the u- uh user factor and everything like that uh but the intrauterine device and the uh, implant are the best ones we have and they they have got like really 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 low failure rates so but again i'm saying really 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 low i'm not saying yeah. no failure rate so that's why they can be some form of explanation. Mm-hmm. What they call an oops. Yeah, yes. Oops, I fell yeah. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I always say nothing is absolute in health. True. In, in medicine, yeah. Not, nothing is absolute. No. So you ran a poll the other day where you <laughs> asked women what they would opt for if given a choice between a vaginal delivery and C-section. 74% voted for vaginal and 26% for C-section. Yes. I've heard horror stories surrounding natural birth. I mean, labor pains lasting more than 24 hours to women climbing walls at the hospital (laughs) as if there was Spider-Man. Talking about Spider-Man, your scrubs have an image of Superman. Superman, yes. Superman logo across the chest. That's cute. What what, what brought that on? Um, I actually grew up being a Superman fan. Um, just from a, from the young age when I was still in preschool, I love Superman. Part of the reason was because my father actually draws sometimes when he feels like it. Uh-huh. Um, he, he grew up reading comics. Um, so he liked also just drawing and he does this wonderful, um, he, he, in, in about 30 minutes, he'll take a pen, not even a pencil, and make a sketch of Superman. It's it's absolutely beautiful. That's where your obsession comes from. I think so. So um, it's, it's also a conversation <laughs> starter. I mean, I like that. You, yes. you are with with, with a patient, and then they're looking across your chest, and they're just seeing this uh, yeah. Superman Superman uh, logo. It has a story. Uh, but apart from that, um, uh, I grew up loving Superman, sure. But somebody... Uh, um, who, yeah, somebody, <laughs> uh, once, uh, associated me to Superman. Cause, hmm. yeah, he was like, you know, the thing that you guys do as a doctor. Uh, as, a, right? as a doctor, yeah, okay. As a doctor. And, um, she was like, you know, you, you are literally Superman to these mothers. And but whatever. you are. And 
I was just like, nah, man, I'm just doing what I have to do. And she was like, no, you are Superman. And uh, it, it became something that actually pushed me. Uh, but the scrubs themselves, um, <laughs> I was, I, I literally, I, I just looked at, I think I was looking at some of the, uh, I've got a Black Panther scrub also. Um, I'm mm, that kind of a fan. Okay. Yeah. So I was just looking <laughs> cool, at them. And, cool doctor. And I looked at it and I thought, uh, maybe I should um, have a, have scrubs made this way. And I was just thinking, but thinking out loud. And I, I said this to my girlfriend. And she's like, oh, yes, we should make you. And I'm like, oh, okay. I thought she was joking. Next thing she's telling me about this lady who does scrubs and whatever. And then next thing, yeah, I've got the Superman scrubs and yeah. That is super yeah. cool. I yeah. like that. <laughs> so now you, 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 you had uh, two thumbs up when I was talking about the, the stats that, that came about, uh, your, your poll. Why, why is that? You, you seem to be for vaginal delivery. I am absolutely for vaginal delivery. Um, I, even with the risks of I, vaginal you know tearing, what, I was I was reading a lot of a lot of women actually commented. I needed them to to comment, but I didn't respond to many of the. I, I actually I didn't I hardly responded to any of them. Um, this poll came up because I was actually doing a. Uh, I was preparing a presentation which I did this morning uh, about um, giving women the option to choose a C-section. Uh, as a uh, in, uh, as a mode of delivery versus going for normal vaginal delivery, and uh, um, I just wanted to know what 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 the rest of the people what like what people actually feel, and uh, as much as there are horror stories related to normal vaginal delivery, there's also equally same horror stories related to C sections. Um, what people don't realize is uh, as Although she, the woman is not screaming and crying and trying to push the baby out, we are during the Caesar. It might not be the first one. The first one is quite easy. The, the anatomy is nice and, you know, you just do a Caesar baby out and it's cool, right? If it's uncomplicated. Um, but at times... Uh, with subsequent seizures, right? You run the risk of conditions which uh, end up either bleeding the woman uh, to death uh, if you can't actually stop the bleeding, or she loses her womb, which becomes another factor in itself. Um, so you've got conditions like placenta uh, previa and accreta, which could lead to the woman bleeding profusely during a seizure. And uh, should that happen, she might end up with you taking the womb out. And maybe this is a woman who, although her second Caesar, it is probably her only first child. Or the baby has even died, but you need to do this procedure because there's no other way of delivering the baby. Or she wants five children and, and all of that. And apart from that, there's also like... Uh, Surgery-related complications uh, where you've got, like, adhesions and you have to, like, now work through those adhesions to get to the womb and all of that. So it it can become a nightmare for, for us doing the operation. She doesn't notice it. She's just there. Uh, uh, most times they are awake, right, uh, when she is bleeding out. And the anesthetist is also – actually, I should be um, – the anesthetist is also doing her best to, you know, yeah. uh, to maintain the patient and whatever. At some point, put them to sleep, and you have to do the rest of the 
or what you need to do. Uh, the thing is, it, it always comes down to risk versus benefit, right? So the overall risks related to just doing seizures, they, they, they're higher compared to normal vaginal deliveries. Yes, somebody said you get a, uh, you get tears sometimes, right? Uh, sometimes you have to actually cut the vagina so to allow the baby to come Sheep out. Uh, an episiotomy. Creepers. Wow. <laughs> That's called an episiotomy. It's, 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 it's what we do, but it's, it's not that bad compared to what you get with the Caesar. It's not, it's actually not that bad at all. Uh, however, Caesars have their benefits, right? Uh, you, you have a more controlled delivery. Um, you, you, you sort of are more in control as, as the doctor. You can pick a date. Yes. I did. You can pick a date and well, stuff like that. Well, for the like second that. child. The first one, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> it was an emergency C-section. Yes, you see. So, uh, but it can, it, it, a lot of times it doesn't, but it can go south quite, quite badly. And a lot of times normal delivery, uh, vaginal deliveries actually go quite well and you don't get those tests that people speak about and whatnot. And the woman walks out of the hospital within in six hours. Jeez. With the Caesar, you stay there for like two days, mm. three days, four days. And the days, pain, my word. Sometimes a week. And some some patients come back two weeks later with wound sepsis. Yeah. And then they, they stay again in hospital. And those are things that I personally don't like seeing. Sometimes you take the patient back into theater to now remove the wound because there's been sepsis oh, which gosh. affected the wound. Wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of this, 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 as much Pros as. Pros and cons, yeah, yes. yeah. And women, most women just know the horror of labor itself. But they, uh, a lot of don't understand the, the, the horrors related to, to seizures themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So generally it's, um, I, I, I'm an advocate for no, normal vaginal deliveries. Um, but yeah, uh, bring another gynecologist here and they might say something else. So you're a male gyne that we know. <laughs> Would you consider a female urologist? Yeah, sure. Okay. No qualms about it. No. Um, not shy. No. As a black man No, not at all Having another woman examining you, no? Mm-mm. Okay yeah. <laughs> So now, on Sunday, you tweeted Disclaimer, I am straight <laughs> And in a relationship, highly actively so Enlighten me, what led to that tweet? Oh, Too wow. many DMs um, Too many actually, proposals Actually, I don't have as many DMs as people assume I do get DMs, which uh, some are quite suggestive uh, They're both from females and males and most of the time i just look at the high and i'm like okay cool um i move on i don't even respond um sometimes i feel maybe i'm being a bit too rude so i respond and uh then uh at some point i have to say you know what uh, i'm straight or i've got a girlfriend and then it stops most times and then there's those who'll be like oh can we be friends and i'm like Okay. <laughs> I never know. I never understand the whole can we be friends because you don't generally ask a person to become a friend, you just become <laughs> friends. So I I try not to be rude. So I just say yes. And then I'll respond to messages until they tire from responding and yeah. But my DMs are not as active as people think they are and I'm fine with them the way they are. And then there's also another girl who puts your picture on her WhatsApp profile picture. 
She's, you, you've got some weird followers. I mean, I'd be worried. I'd, I'd hire bodyguards if I, I were you. You've got stalkers I, I, I love, and psychos. No, apparently, this is in another country. But somebody tells me that her friend puts my picture, which is on Twitter as a WhatsApp uh, uh, picture as every time she fights with a boyfriend and that usually is <laughs> apparently it works as an emotional blackmail to the guy and I'm like but how does it work how does this guy just fall for this why does it become a, a thing because I mean I don't think I'd take it the same way it wouldn't it definitely wouldn't make me run back to a woman if she was <laughs> to put a, a picture of another guy so deeply but yeah um, I just found it weird and I was like oh Okay, cool. Um. <laughs> okay, wow. You've got a very interesting life. Now tell me, you spoke about the challenges and difficulties. I mean, those uh, particular two years, right? Mm-hmm. What, what gives you motivation to continue? What gives you reason to wake up the following morning? Because you, you've already described how difficult it is to end up with the title doctor. Can I tell you, most times, just a simple thank you. From a patient I like that yeah. Simple as uh, that Most most times Most times That have been the most Fulfilling things I've, I've had um, Where um, I help a patient And they just say You know what Thank you for For being the person you are Thank you for being so kind And all of that And um, That Just that uh, You know Was like You know This is why I do this And Yeah Simple as that. Simple as that. When it comes to me, I don't know about other people, but honestly, just that thank you just makes means the world to me. You we don't, we don't get a lot of them, by the way. Um, some patients we actually do fight with, and sometimes, um, yeah, sometimes things don't go as well between you and the patient. But you know, uh, you're forced to become the bigger man um, in that. And um, I always, always, always try conflict between me and, and my patients. If I see a patient and she's not happy with something that I did, I ask, "Why did I not do right? Uh, how would you like me to improve this and whatnot?" And and I, I do my best to 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 be the best to my patients. But it's it it can't, it sometimes becomes a little bit emotionally draining. But a lot of patients actually are appreciative. They see you the morning you walk in. They see you at 10 p.m. and they see you still in the same clothes that you are in the following morning. And they're like, "Didn't you go home to sleep?" And you're like, <laughs> you, no, didn't wa- you didn't wash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "I've been here. Don't worry, I'll go home soon." And you're like, "Yeah, you better be safe and go home." And like, yeah. And and you, funny thing is, you actually get this more from the grannies, who will be like, "You know what? Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for doing what you're doing." And um, I'm not saying that the younger people do not are not thankful. They probably they have do. a sense of entitlement, yeah, they, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But the, but many do thank us. Uh, but you 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 get it more from the from the senior people. Shame on those mm, patients. But, I mean, a thank you doesn't cost much, does it? It doesn't. It also, uh, I mean, it motivates you as you it, stated. It, it, it really does motivate me because you know you appreciate it. Yes, 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 yes. It's just the the opposite that becomes. Uh, like the lawsuits that we were talking about, you will be, you know, you'll think you've done something great. And some of, the, <laughs> I don't want to get into this, but some of the lawsuits, right? You you find that um, this patient left your offices. Uh, this is this 
these are things that I've been told, obviously, by my seniors and people who are in private that, you know, a, a person leaves your office and uh, with a smile on their face and they're happy and whatever. Next thing you call by a lawyer and they're asking about a particular case and you get surprised that this patient wants to sue because they felt they were not treated well in a certain way or they were not shown this or whatever. So you wonder, like, you know, do you really want to help people who are not even appreciative, even if there wasn't an adverse outcome? And, yeah, you, you get some of those people who somehow feel, I don't know if it's a matter of they feel, you know what, this person was too expensive, I want my money back. Or what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't you, understand. You think they do? They think, would sue just to get the money back. I think that it's something like that, honestly. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm not <laughs> particularly fond of such people. But, yeah. Aha. Okay. Mm. Dr. Max. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Is it time already? I know. Oh, wow. I know. I know. It, it, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because then it, I'm, I'm glad because it, it obviously yeah, means that yeah. you, you enjoyed um, your time I, in, I in the opinion to, booth. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, all the best for the next three years. Wow. When you, when you, uh, get on, you're going to get on the graduation podium, right? In 2021. It, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, don't forget to share pictures. I will. Send an email to say, by the way, I'm graduating tomorrow, just so that we can pose, so that we show appreciation and that we show that we are proud of you and your achievements. Because you're in the lens, Leila. Wow. Yeah. Um, all the best to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay. And these are your beautiful words, by the way. I stole these from your blog. You will remember these beautiful words And okay. that is how I'm going to conclude my show I don't have a humble opinion today But I thought Dr. Knox's words are very encouraging and very motivating Mothers are the backbone of our society The motivation in many of us who go out and change the world With each and every one of us in everything we do individually To make the world a better place We must consider ourselves as gifts from our mothers to the world Because we are who we are because of who they have been through their lives Through our lives Let's appreciate the wonder that is a woman the woman who became a mother and excelled in it. Let's continue to love and show appreciation for who they are to us and to the world. To all the mothers out there, we thank you. Those are beautiful words. Now I understand why you be, you you studied you training towards becoming a gynecologist. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> thank Actually, you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for being. Thank you for having me. And yeah. Thank my mother and my father for me. <laughs> you, 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 you obviously have incredible parents. I don't, I don't need to they, meet them for they, me to make are, that they conclusion. Are, they are absolutely incredible. Wow. We'll have another show and I'll just speak about them. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So I think, I think that, was, that was a dedication to your mom and dad. Yes. Dr. Knox, thank you so much. Thank you. Aspire to inspire before you expire. This is cliffcentral.com.